Greeting, you bunch of titillating tadpoles. It's us. We're back. We have returned. I'm David. Grant will be here after the intro, which you are listening to now. Um, It's post-show 72. We are back. Grant is, I don't want to say he's in perfect health, but he's he's in better health than he was. Um, This is a special episode. Nay, it is a special week. Um, We're going to have two podcasts out this week. If you saw um, us on Instagram, you may already be aware of that. If you're following us at the Part-Time Otaku Podcast, that's on Instagram. So I'll just leave you with that knowledge and you can do with it whatever you would like. Um, Today, we talk about um, The Last of Us, the finale, episodes 8 and 9, Vinland Saga, episodes 9 and 10 of season 2, and The Mandalorian, season 3, episodes 1 and 2. We talk about the news, and then we close the show, and there are, there is a lot of news this week, by the way, so be wary of that. Um, And the ending, or the back half of the show, I talk about the Demon Slayer kind of theater experience, right? I saw... It without Grant, um, where they played it in select theaters around the globe, you know, the end of season two and the one hour special of season three. There are no spoilers in my review, so you may listen without worrying. Um, so yeah, that's that. And last but certainly not least, we got to give a shout out to our homies over at the comic book shop on Bank Street for their continued sponsorship and support of the show and the podcast. Um, the comic book shop is spelled, the shop part is spelled S H O P P E. Um, their website is thecomicbookshop.com. On Instagram, they're at comicbookshopbank. And if you're a Ottawa local, you can find them at 128 Bank Street, Ottawa. They have a ton of stuff, manga, comic books, figurines. I bought Grant's um, birthday gift last year. I got him his first ever Gundam setup kit from there. It's bitchin'. Um, and they've got, I bought a ton of manga there. I think he's got me Two Year Eternity from there. Um, I saw they have Mob Psycho recently. They've got a ton of stuff. Check out their website. Check out their Instagram. Let them know that we sent you. And from here, you may enjoy the show. Oh, hey there, Grant. Hey, Dave. How you doing, gal pal? I'm not too bad. Doing better. You feeling better, buddy? Yeah. We missed you. Man, I finally finally got me two almost three years later. <laughs> yeah, finally yeah. Bug. Well, you know you can't. You what is it they say? Father time always wins. Mm, gonna get you. Yeah, but we're we're glad to have you back. We thought about like guest hosts, solo episodes, and you know what I said, Grant? I said there's no one who puts my boy in the corner. Mm. You know what I mean? There's no replacing mm. you. Mm. Mm. Um, I'd love to hear it. So we're back. We're at relative full strength i'll just say yeah. we're, we're better than we were yeah I ain't peak but i'm i'm gonna go down and swinging that's for sure yeah yeah so big episode today um episode. Oh, and we're only covering three shows that's the crazy thing yeah well it's probably not just this episode we have a big week yeah, yeah. um we're gonna talk about some big heavy hitters uh today and you know we're putting this out on like march 15th but later this week within a couple days um we will our review for uh attack on titan don't even try and get me to say the title the final final part of the <laughs> chapter whatever it is part one of that one hour special we're gonna have final a review dash of. final dash final dash. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> that word document when you're writing an essay it's yeah <laughs> final capital letters underscore v1 ah <laughs> oh, damn i'm down three words yeah 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 <laughs> <Come> on, <give me. laughs> 
Um, so yeah, that'll come out uh, in a couple days. But for now, we, we got to talk. We got to get right into it, I think, with like the heavy, the heavies. Um, we got to talk about Last of Us. Um, we missed the penultimate, the penultimate episode, uh, episode eight, and then obviously we just watched the finale. And when I say we missed eight, I mean we just we didn't cover it on the podcast. Obviously, we watched it. Um, so for just the listeners' perspective, you know your your context. If you haven't heard the show before, um, Grant has played both Last of Us video games. I have not, so he knew. I think you know the broad strokes of the season. Um, and so we've kind of been looking at it in slightly different, uh, from slightly different perspectives. So I think maybe I'll, we'll start with you, Grant. Um, last couple of episodes, the ending, all of it, just what's your feeling coming out of, uh, episodes eight and nine? Uh, it was pretty great. Um, yeah. I'm pretty happy <clears throat> in thinking, you know, it's funny, it, all the last week content, it felt like, you know, I was you know, quite sick. Everything felt like a haze, <laughs> you know, it was trying to, trying to piece it apart, but I've gone back and rewatched everything and to watch episodes eight and nine of the last was back to back was, yeah. you know, it's, it's just such strong television. Also like strong storytelling to begin with the whole season has been, you know, they've just been driving and driving and driving, like pushing home, you know, the, the, the story and you know what they did in episode eight, I think is one of the, you yeah. know, there's a couple, a lot of, not a lot of things they changed, but they did just like enough little changes to the stuff that like just kind of wouldn't make sense in you know in the TV sense. Like there's a couple bigger set pieces that just like probably wouldn't have made sense. And then so they kind of like did their own thing with episode eight, but episode nine is uh, it's good. But like I can understand why some people are kind of like not into the finale right now. Oh really? Um, you know, we'll get into that after. But you know, I I'd like to hear what like what you thought about them. Yeah, I think, um, and, you know, I've tried to stay away a little bit from the online conversation. I find, like, I think one thing I've found, and I think we've talked about this, is, like, when we're making our impression of something, it can be easy for, like, someone else's take to kind of taint yours. Sure, yeah. And I've I've found that I'm, like everybody, I have issues falling to that, so I've been trying to stay away from a lot of the analysis until you and I have had a chance to talk about it. So Mm -hmm. my kind of unadulterated take so far anyway is you know let's get the obvious out of the way i think like the payoff is in these last two episodes eight and nine um it feels like the whole show has been building to the these moments in in eight and nine like the journey has been just as good as the destination but like it definitely feels um like we we crossed a major threshold in episode eight um Mm -hmm. between joel and ellie and the relationship (laughs) yeah yeah, the, the David episode was huge in the game. I thought I you were saying like, my name. I was like, what? No, 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 no. The whole, like, the, you yeah. know, the, the Colorado, like, in the mountains, the, that whole that whole set piece. And that was one of my bigger bummers. There's a, a really, really cool set piece in the game that takes place during a blizzard. When, like, Joel is working his way. Like, all the Ellie stuff has taken place, and Joel's now kind of waking up from his stupor. You know, he did the whole thing about, you know, what he had to do to find out where Ellie was. And yeah. it's like him trying to go on through the cottage town to get up to like the the um, what what do they call it there at uh, Dromla the uh, the chateau like the main chateau yeah where, you know you have to work your way through a blizzard to get up to it and it's just so so cool and so harrowing like you don't know who's coming at you in like in the blizzard and it's really really cool stuff but it's it's stuff like that like they just can't recreate right like it's hard to make that look good on TV yeah and you might not it's funny right because I, I can. I can imagine the play style in the video game would probably mm. really would really 
serve a story arc like that but it's funny mm-hmm. like tv almost never does that stuff justice right because the yeah. audience doesn't feel like it just kind of looks good it looks like a lot of snow on the screen but it's hard yeah. to put yourself there as an audience member when you're playing through it as a gamer i think it probably oh, lands yeah. better i think it's it is crazy um i know we're jumping around a bit but i, I just have to say like off the top like it's Neil Druckmann who did this, right? Is that was he the video game one, or was he was it the other guy? No, he was the video game guy. Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, it's I'm sure that like gamers everywhere and people that want more loyal adaptations everywhere are gonna be like, look, use The Last of Us as a blueprint because as adaptations go, it has been I think pretty successful. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy how simple they made a lot of this stuff look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. You just got to bring in a guy who owns a piece of the IP, who is incredibly familiar with the source material, um, and optimize the parts that are better in a video game to be better for TV. Change what you need, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Get it get it on board with a premier network who's willing to cast A-list talent and spare no expense, and you have something incredible that'll be you know one of the best shows of the year, without a doubt. Um, so it's, you know, it's a little oversimplified, but I just can't believe how easy they made this look because we, we've just seen so many shows stumble like this. It, it was, you know, it's we leading up to the show, you know, I think, you know, the gaming community, especially, but I think a lot of people who might be familiar with, you know, with the IP, but not familiar with like the actual story, like everyone was kind of just like waiting on bated breath. For, like, is, is this the one? And like now yeah. it's kind of done in looking back. It's like. It almost still feels like the shoe's about to drop, you know? Like, I can't believe it, actually. They got through that first season. Mm-hmm. It was as good as it was. And now it's just going to spoil anything else anyone else tries, you know? Like, no one... I feel like people are going to really try and gun for that. And we talked about this similar to Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, when yeah. that came out. It was such a lightning in the bottle. Hit such a wide market of people. All new eyes, all new types of fans now watching it. And I just hope people watch this the same way in Edge Runners. They just don't take, like, the bad the bad from it. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's just do this and, like, make it, like, not actually have the thought of getting the right story and the right people to adapt it. And, like, I just hope only good comes from this this experiment. Mm. And, you know, I'm happy we got it and they're going to do more and I think it's going to be fantastic, obviously. Like, they proved themselves the first time. But for other, you know, projects and whatnot. I, I just hope this doesn't become, like, you know, a flashbang of, like, you know, thing after thing oh, after thing. You, you know, so, like... Like I said, only good can come from this, but I hope that, like, the bad part of, like, you know, people trying to, you know, capture on video game experiences brought to, you know, live action and whatnot. So it's, no, it's funny. You yeah. make a you make a good point. That happens all the time in business, right? Is mm-hmm. it, There are lessons to be learned, but a lot of people will take the, the wrong ones. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you could make an argument that, like, The Last of Us is, like, the lightning rod and this fantastic example for adaptations, but it's also... a really great example that not all adaptations are created equal Mm -hmm. and that like you don't want to take the wrong lessons from this which is like oh you should just greenlit things that have a big gaming community behind them or green light like no that's not the lesson the lesson is like get people who are involved in the source material and give them like 50 percent of the creative control you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and and even then like it may not work you know what i mean the fact that neil Druckmann was able to make this work on hbo like coming from video games like that's not a given like that's a huge challenge and he that dude and his partner the guy from chernobyl like they figured that out but that's not you know what i mean like you could get like i don't know name a video game 
like you could get the creator of that and be like, here, go to Showtime and make a good show. Like you have you have zero guarantees that that works out. Yeah, no, this is. Uh, I think this is going to be a huge foothold because I know like Sony themselves have the past like you know I feel like year or two, you know they've been really putting getting a foothold into like adapting a lot of their you know their projects from video game format you know to shows and movies like they're doing a God of War they're doing a Horizon like there's a Gran Turismo movie coming out um, next year from Neil Blomkamp. Yes. You know, like it's, 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 it's just, I think we are going to get a lot of stuff sooner than later, but it, um, I think the, you know, last of us was the first one to the top of the hill to finally really pull it off. God of War. That's a challenge, dude. Amazon's doing it too. So if that one's, I'm very hesitant about that one, but uh, yeah, that could yeah, be tricky. Yeah. No kidding. Um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about, about the plot. I mean, episode eight, um, I actually didn't see the cannibal thing coming. I gotta be honest really um no like it's one of those perfect things like i i just think that the show is really really adept at distracting you and i think i was just so worried about ellie and about david Mm -hmm. i was worried about the pedophilia angle um and i just still got that in there at the end (laughs) i did split second yeah um (laughs) but but it was one of those things I couldn't see the forest for all the trees. You know what I mean? Like, sure. and of course the moment like they reveal it, I was like, oh, duh. And it makes like <laughs> yeah. it makes so many things like uh, upon rewatch, right? If you haven't rewatched that episode, take a look. If you're listening, like watch them eat, and that's like it's so obvious in in retrospect. But like it's it just kind of it's one of those things. It further enhances uh, the reveal because um, they really layered that in, so to speak. So, and, you know, like, it's, I think, like, it's weird because when, when David, like, reveals himself, you know, towards the beginning of the episode, you know, I actually found myself like, oh, they went a little too Preacher Man for this. Yeah. Like, like, David in the game was, he was, he was dirty. He was grimy, you know, like, he almost had, like, more of a, more of like a, you know, like like a whistle into like the way he talks, like kind of like kind of hickish to okay. a certain, like clearly a very well spoken person, but you know, but just had like this kind of very creepy, gross aura to him, and they kind of went for like you know like a a good preacher man, and you know cl- like you know clean and squeaky or you know squeaky clean kind of thing, mm-hmm. but like still was like had like this dominant power, and I was like, oh, it's interesting, like maybe they aren't gonna do the cannibal, right? mm-hmm. like, maybe they are just gonna like. You know, make like I was thinking more like Waco. You know, it was just going to be like a you know you know a commandeering person, just like you know owning all of the room. And I thought I thought they were going to do more that culty. too. It's more culty in this than it was in the game. They don't even really touch like you meet his cronies, but like the big groups of people, that's not seen. Uh, okay. Yeah. When he mm-hmm. he hits a girl. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay. And I knew you know it wasn't all going to be like sunshine and, and daisies with him but i was like okay we're getting here i, I did put the pieces together and i like i'm not giving myself credit because i didn't see the cannibal thing coming but i did realize because last of us became so adept at this i did realize like oh we're probably not going to see him anymore after this episode like this is another like bottle character that's like mm-hmm. going to have a big impact on the story and it's kind of like the show flexing its muscles and its ability to do that but like i have a feeling we're not going to hang out here for the rest of the season you know what I mean? Because, like, they they were really packing in his character. Like, you just kept more reveals, more reveals. You know what I mean? Like, they kept the pace really, really good. It's it's the problem... It's the problem that video games don't have as much as, as you know, 
like TV or even movies have, right? Like there, there's a time limit. There's usually a known time limit with TV, right? Like we know, okay, there's nine episodes. Oh, we're running into David into episode eight. Okay, like there's no like we all know like there's story like that needs to take place in, in that last episode. But when you're playing the game, like you know you can see online like average runtime and this and mm-hmm. that. But like you never really know what is coming next or how much more is coming next. And you know it's so that's the thing like where I think. Like, not that it works against the show, but, like, it's hard not, like you said, like, it's hard not to be like, oh, yeah, like, this guy's here for, like, probably this episode. Maybe, maybe he comes into the next one in Mm -hmm. in some regard, but it is, it's kind of easy to see some, some of the things coming, but, um, it's crazy, man, that, like, they, like, rebuilt the whole cafeteria, like, the fire at the end where Ellie's trying to escape him, Mm -hmm. straight out of the game. They must have rebuilt that exact setting for that her cage the cage that she's in mm-hmm. is like one for one from the game it was eerie super eerie and like That's that whole impressive. back and forth like when he's interrogating her in the in the cage and she bites him and like they have their physical confrontation oh it's crazy crazy this is so well done oh yeah i forgot that god that she, when she bit him there was that whole back she and murder, forth murders joel <laughs> yeah because that was his helper was joel from the game right yeah yeah pretty cool yeah such a good voice um, it was hard not to hear, hear Joel the whole time. Yeah, and then I think in episode nine they get the girl that played Ellie, right? They have Ellie, yeah, Ashley Johnson. Pretty fantastic. I, I will say, um, the ending definitely made like the transition to like surrogate father daughter relationship. Yeah, was complete in episode eight when he sort of rescues her, but not really. Like Joel's just too late, just mm-hmm. a moment too late, and you could just see, like when he oh, when he dropped that baby girl, I was like, oh no. Yeah. My emotions. Yeah, you're in for a rough ride there, fella. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is, uh, like, it just, you know what they're doing the whole time, right? It's just yeah. like, but is it going to work? Mm-hmm. And for me, it worked. Yeah. And it's just good to have something that heavy work when I'm otherwise just, like, raining on people's parades, being like, don't enjoy this, it's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Then this thing comes yeah. along and it just breaks my fucking heart. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. So... You know, that, that was episode eight, but we had, you know, also like a quite pretty quick finale. Like it's the, I think the shortest episode yet was the finale, which I yeah. found was such a, such a strange choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, because I do have one problem with the finale is I think <clears throat> maybe I'm looking too into it and, and I'm not trying to like poke holes in it. Mm-hmm. But it, so there's the scene leading up to them being captured by the fireflies. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's the, the two of them are kind of walking and you know they're having fun they're going back and forth like it's very light-hearted there's all these little moments he's revealing that he you know attempted to kill himself which that wasn't in the game that was that was new Hmm. um i think like that whole sequence of like them showing their closeness the joking the yeah the the reveals to one another you know to me that seemed like what was about to come it wasn't earned quite yet for like what he was about to do and they had to like jam pack a couple more like soft you know dad moments and so i think when you you look at that i think as a whole when you look at the whole season i don't think they fully accomplished what they were trying like that connection Mm -hmm. the fact that like in the like in the absolute 11th hour they threw in that like that quick like two minute scene of like them having a more nice like oh yeah like we clearly love each other we care about each other yeah you know what you know what i mean it's funny yeah it just really stuck out to me as like very awkward and jilted in the in the finale that's interesting i i i so i don't disagree i think um 
the pacing was off for sure because they yeah. they spent a lot of time on Joel and Ellie clearly because they wanted to get that stuff dealt with. They wanted mm-hmm. to showcase that their relationship hadn't reached like a new height to the audience. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that it's a little bit rushed. Um, for me, it was like. I thought they could have the execution could have maybe been done a little better. I thought mm-hmm. maybe, maybe do, maybe say we're a month away from the fireflies. You know what I mean? Maybe just slightly change the geography or like slightly change something and do like a time skip. Sure. And like show them, you know, having a couple obstacles but nothing major, and then maybe you can put those deep chats at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like spread them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't feel like you're rushing it. Like do a one month time skip that kind of shows them slowly growing closer and closer because they've been through this huge thing in episode eight and now, you know what I mean? I, yeah. but I agree that the execution could have been done like a touch better. It is a, I guess you could call it a nitpick, but I, it's funny. It's I had the same one for me. It's, it's, it's a definite nitpick, you know, but it was just, it's, as I watched the scene, it was just the one thing of like, oh, like, it, it didn't feel natural. Yeah. Like their moments together. You know? it, it did feel a touch rushed. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, what, what, okay, well, now we got to talk about what worked. Um, a big one, you know, the, 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 the quote twist, which did, which was a twist. I mean, I could kind of say, did that catch you like Joel just dissociating and like going wild in the hospital? Just well, the internet's like big gripe right now. It's funny. All the non, from what I've read, all the non gamers mm-hmm. are not into like him just like turning off his brain oh really ask her like that yeah yeah yeah. but everyone that played the game was like but like again the experience was earned like we had really had like the moments between them the whole time and then him kind of like snapping like that no i felt real also one of like the create like absolute mania in the game like it's it's dark and you don't know what's going on like people are shooting from all different it's some of the most intense so game i've ever played i love they kind of nailed it they nailed that like yeah i i um I love that part, to be honest. Like, I, th- what I was referring to is, like, the twist of, like, they kind of got to kill Ellie. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, gotcha. But yeah. I liked that... I liked Joel's, like, unwavering, non-negotiable um, approach to the whole thing. Like, the way they film that, and I know this is, like, to, to your point you just made, it is not a perfect one-to-one of the game because, like, none sure. of the combat is... But, like, he was, like, the fucking Terminator. And it yeah. it was, like, you could just tell that he he's talked about kind of being a monster before. Mm-hmm. And you know he's capable and and all that. And it felt almost one-sided. Like, like he, there was resistance. But mm-hmm. it almost felt closer to, like, a mass shooting. Yeah. It, you know uh, what I mean? 100%. 100%. It, the, the, the moment that got me that I think really, really, really solidified... Like, the whole, like, he's not, he's not fucking around. Like, it's not a game. You know what I mean? Like, it's, there are, there's no more conversation to be had. Is when he shoots the doctor. Like, the unarmed well, doctor. Yeah, um, I'm up for that. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just saying. Season two, we got some stories to tell. I'm so excited. Nice. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, it's when he shot the doctor, and especially when he, is it Marlene at the end? Marlene, yeah. He just knows, like, he can't leave any room. No. You know what I mean? I think he leaves two nurses alive. Yes. But that's it. And uh, he's not concerned. This, I, there's a take here I saw on Reddit. I have to, I can't pretend it's my own. <laughs> but but it's, I just, I looked at it and I was like, you know what? This is too good of a take. 
I got to stop reading this immediately. It was like the top of a comment. But it says, Joel isn't concerned with being a good man or doing the right thing. He's a father who won't go through losing a daughter again. The world be damned. Because mm. she could quite literally, potentially, maybe save the world. Who knows? But like, that's the information that he has. Sure. And it's not an option, right? He doesn't care. Like literally, screw the whole world. I'm not going to lose her. I, don't, I That was very effective. Yeah, big time. His rampage was great. It's, it's funny because, you know, like you pointed out, like it felt like a mass shooting yeah. in the show. In the game, it felt like a war zone. Yeah. Like, it was, you know, like, <clears throat> it's one of those things where, like, you're not, like, killing all the enemies and then moving on to the next area. Like, it's just, it's absolute hysteria. Like, yeah. lights are flickering, you know, like, it's, oh, it's, I it's, can like, picture a, it's it. like a, a horror movie, you know, and, like, it's just you and other people with guns. Like, there's no infected involved. And it's just like you're, and you don't even know where you're going. Like you're, it was weird because in, in the show, like he kind of felt like he knew he was going. You know, he was working his way through the hospital. Like in the game, it was like I have no idea where I need to go. Right. I'm just trying to like move forward. You know, it was it was crazy, like absolute craziness. And uh, so it's, it was interesting to see the show, you know, do so much from the game, or like you know, in like recreate it in so way, but yeah. also like take a more not even modern, but just. Just the way they shot it, like it they felt made a so choice. different in its own way. Yeah, they did, they definitely made a choice. And I, I I, it. it's funny, like I, you know, the experience they're describing in the game definitely sounds like a better gaming experience. Mm. But I think watching him annihilate people with yes. just such a high level of brutality, mm-hmm. it worked better for me. You know what I mean? Like if, and I'm glad he didn't yeah. become like John Wick or anything. No, because like after the first, like after like the stairwell, like the init- like the initiating scene of like the rampage. I was like, ah, oh, he better not just, like, turn into, like, you know, Keanu yeah. Reeves here. Yeah. And then, like, as it continues, it's not. Like, he's being meticulous and, you know, watching his corners and whatnot. But, yeah, no, it's, uh... And, um, but that ending, powerful, though. Like... Yeah. You know, uh, Ellie just, like, flat out asking. I remember, like, when I played the game the first time, it, it, the ending, like, the actual ending, because it ends the exact same way. Like, you know, ending... You know, Ellie kind of just says, like, okay. And, like, you know, kind of cut to black. Like That's awesome. And you're just kind of, like sitting there thinking of does she believe him or not like obviously like you can tell she doesn't in in the show and in the game you can tell as much too yeah um but yeah just perfect cut to black moment perfect cut to black it's it's funny like my first thought i mean the the fact that he lies to her Mm. it's just so it makes so much sense you know what i mean it's so heartbreaking but it makes so much sense and at first i thought maybe she believes him and that's like an okay Mm. I will commit myself to this relationship. Like, to, like, let's just move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. At first I thought it was that, and then I was like, God, it's probably not. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know, but I... That's just good storytelling. Like, there's all that emotion behind that one word, and it's like, what does it mean? And I don't know. If it stopped here and there was no season two, even then I'd be happy. Like, I, I really do think they really nailed it, dude. Like, it's well, really fucking good. That was the thing. Like, I remember, like, when the second game was announced, like, I was like, I don't think we need this. You know, like, obviously we were excited and you know, yeah. it was going to be, you know, they had proven themselves so much. And <clears throat> I think for me, too, because, like, after after they did this, they did the fourth Uncharted game. And that also was just a very, very fantastic experience and this, this amazing storytelling in that. And enjoying, like, what they had done with that game so much. Like, what, when the second one was announced, it was like, okay, you know what, like... Okay, like, you know, I, I think we'll be all right here. I think, you know, they can pull it off again. And they did. Like, I, I love the second game. 
about the same, if not a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, Ellie is just such a phenomenally written character, and the the world is so unique in its own way. Like, it, it does such a good job differing itself from other zombie related content. You know, like it's not all like The Walking Dead never did anything for me. You know, I was never like a big zombie guy. They're not like, even from the same universe, like, though. You know, no, but it, it's just. It, but it's cool, like to take something that like most people, you know, like the you know like a minority, like a niche of the internet, and people love zombie stuff. But like yeah. to make it like such a big mass appeal like this, it's yeah, very very, very cool stuff. But. Yeah, I think zombie. I think anyone who's enthusiastic about this kind of stuff, whether it's gaming or zombie stuff, like this is the holy grail. This is the best thing that's been made in live action. Mm-hmm. I I have heard that it is not a direct comparison. But just in terms of quote zombie genre stuff, that the is it the Korean movie, South Korean movie, uh, the Train to oh, Busan. Train to Busan, yeah. Supposed yeah, yeah. to be like all time. I haven't seen it. Uh, that's a must watch, Dave. That's a great movie. I think I tried to put it on, and Sam saw the poster, and she was like, "Absolutely not! <laughs> like this looks terrifying." <laughs> um, all right, but yeah, Last of Us goaded. Um, if it's around, if season two comes to, comes around anytime soon. Oh, by the way. Um, See, season two or the second game confirmed to be spread across multiple seasons. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. So that's that's a thing. But if and when they cover that or they do that, we'll probably cover it. Um, what an experience! All right, on to the next Vinland Saga episodes nine and ten. These are yeah. also big episodes. Yeah, let's, why don't we uh, cheer ourselves up a little more talking about Vinland Saga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, fortunately, it's we have had a week off. I think the thing that I carried with me more than anything was that episode 9, that whole fever yeah. dream uh, for Thorfinn. Yeah, it felt like fever dream for me too, I assure you. I could not I, make sense of what was going on. <laughs> so I think, um, and I'm sure someone else has had this take, but like me and my very limited experience and exposure to to this kind of stuff in writing in general is like fever dreams are like a really fun experience to like let loose with metaphor <laughs> and to have like some good creative fun and it's also very easy to kind of kind of push your fans away sometimes yeah like you can go a little too far into it oh yeah but i think i think vinland saga and a lot elements of the most recent episode too they really rode the line i found in like in that like kind of keeping it as grounded as possible within the like within the fever dream mm-hmm. like as crazy and you know psychotic that it was um i di- it didn't feel out of place which easily right. could have like pushed the show in too far in one direction i found but, yeah um, no i agree they, they phenomenal stuff it's thorfinn is still himself mm. while he's there of course, Askeladd is like the, his, the representation in his subconscious. Like, that's who saves him from that hell. Oh my god. That I was. Back. Even if it was just one episode. Oh, I'm so glad they brought the voice actor back, too. He yeah. was so good. They had to. They had to. Um, Torres is also there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I also think, if I'm remembering correctly, that when Askeladd sends him away, um, he says, That's your true battle. To Thorfinn, which I believe he says something very similar in the finale of season one. Okay. Um, when when he's dying, you know, mm. and Thorfinn's holding him, and I think he says like that's like this like finding out what you want to do next now that I'm dead. That's your battle because you have mm. no idea who you are, right? Like there's that whole amazing sequence between the two of them where it kind of dawns on Thorfinn as Askeladd's dying, like I don't know who I am or what I want to do. 
now that you're dead. Like, this was all he had. Um, and then it seems like between that episode, the dream sequence, and then episode 10, that Thorfinn has a bit of direction now. Would you say mm-hmm. that's fair? 100%, yeah. He wants to rid... What is the quote? He wants to rid the world of war and slavery. Well, it's interesting because I don't... I don't think he's set himself... I don't think he's set himself up for that task. No. Quite yet. It was more of, like, speaking into the ether. Like, you know, just like... You know, also, time jump. Three years. Cool to see. Yep. Um, and just him and Einar. You know, just two ripped dudes in the woods. I know. I was off. laughing how ripped they were. I was <laughs> Every like, time I, they had their shirts off, I laugh. <laughs> Like, we get it, we get it, we get it. Uh, only in anime. But, um, <laughs> yeah. No, but just, like, him kind of, like, speak out to the universe like that. And, like, it, it, hearing that and seeing Einar and hearing that, like, it just seems so, you know, like, it just kind of, like, it never, like, dawned on him. Like, that would be, like, even, like, the words strung together. Like, yeah. you know, stopping that. And, like, to see Einar think about it and be kind of be like, I, I don't know. You know, like, it's... It, no, it I haven't thought just, about that. You know, it was just, I, I love this show. Like, the yeah. way they can just take little moments and give pauses and, like, let the characters, like, real people think about what is just said. You know, it's not all, like, bang, 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 like, dialogue and, like, jumping back and forth in the conversation. It's the, they they do a very good pauses. Very they good pauses. give the moments a lot of time to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best part of this episode for me is that it's a dual episode between Canute yeah, what was with that split right in the middle when it like gave like a verse from the or uh, like proverb from the Bible? I know, eh? That very caught me off guard. I was like, "What are we doing here?" Because they were talking about yeah, I don't know, just work, and and I thought that was interesting, and yeah. and then this moved Canute and his father's severed head haunting yeah. him. I did not see that coming. Lo- I love that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm down with that twist i hope we get more of it the the voice actor on the head yeah very solid yeah sounds um, like me right now <laughs> <laughs> i can't do it but he does he does it really really well um canute has poisoned his brother i thought that was so interesting too because like, they really you know like they kind of they played the i should have known because like the melancholy moment of canute out you know, out at the dock, and like, you know, like, we don't, we're not ready yet, he's like, no, like, I'm just taking it in the air, and this and that, and he's, you know, reminiscing on the moments about him and his brother, and it was such a genuine memory of, like, almost like he was just excited to be home, yeah. but it was the guilt. From the second he makes land, his his memories and his visions and all, everything he says, it's all guilt-bound, to yeah. a certain extent. Obviously, like, I think he's very, you know, he's okay with what he's done (laughs) you know that much is pretty obvious Mm -hmm. episode but you can tell in some way like his subconscious is thinking about and talking about it's bringing up these memories and yeah just so so well edited and like the events you know the second canute is introduced as it continues through the episode it's just very well paced he's clearly very haunted by what he's doing you know what i mean i think that's appropriate i think um like, the things he's doing and how much blood he has spilled in his own family sure. to begin with is pretty fucking crazy. Um, it feels like these characters, they have to come together. We have to see Thorfinn and Canute. This version of Canute and this version of Thorfinn. Like, there are a lot of expectations on season two, Farmville, all that stuff. But, like, I just, and it, you know, like everything, it feels simple in retrospect. But, like, I just didn't see it going this way. And now all I want is for them to collide in some way. 
Well, so okay, here's what I'm thinking is there's obviously going to be a splinter moment at this at yelling, right? Yeah. Like, you know, the 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 farm master, I'm blanking on his name, or, or iron iron hands there. Um, he's clearly going to yelling for some assuming this the ceremony of Canute being there mm-hmm. in in some regard. But there's gonna be a fracture point because I don't think the old man's coming back. I think he's dead. Yeah, one hundred percent, dude. It's you know, it's you know, you don't have to be super highbrow to figure this one out. When he tells them they have their freedom, and he's like, ah, but it's not official till I get back, and I'll be back. You know, I'm going to this place, and, and I'm never coming home, and I'm never coming. You know, so like, <clears throat> I think you know, um, there's gonna something, some friction is gonna take place in yelling, whether it's you know, two factions like you know the a group that's you know assigned themselves to Harold. And the other to Canute, and like that creates like a new war, and it works its way, you know, across Denmark. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm. This the show's cooking now. You know, yeah. like it, they were doing a lot of setup, a lot of character development. You know, I think the farm stuff is done because I think the journey of the farm was the journey of Thorfinn finding a calling, or at least coming to terms with who he might be as a person. Yeah, I think especially right. in episode ten, man. Like, how many times have you seen him laugh? Before yeah. this episode, laugh, smile. Like, he, he appears to be nearly human now. You know what I mean? Yes. And he just wasn't before. And yeah, apparently that took about eight, nine, ten episodes. Like, to your point, they really took their time, and it's a good thing they did. So, I think the turn is going to happen soon. And in some regard, you know, I don't think... It's not like, you know, Thor- <laughs> I was reading some stuff online. People were like, oh, like, Thorfinn's never going to pick up a blade again. I think he's going to have to. You 100%. Know, like, him saying out loud is there a way to end war and slavery? You know, whether that is the end goal or the mission, I think that's going to be a part of him now. Like, that's always going to be in his mind. And, you know, he's going to have to defend himself. He's going to have to defend... He's going to have to defend Einar. I was about to say, what if... In some way. Exactly. He has someone he cares about. Yeah. So, and also, like, Einar going on about... uh, Again, I'm blanking on her name. uh, The love interest... And, you know, and, like, just, like, him, like, like talking, like, yeah, like, the master, the old master is not going to let her go. Yeah. And he's just, like, clearly torn up about it. And it's, yeah. There's a lot of people that might get hurt. It, you know, it's tough, man. It would not shock me if they kill Einar, um, if he dies yeah. and it really fucks yeah. up Thorfinn. You know what I mean? Or if Canute's men do. Like, it would just be too perfect, too apropos. You know what I mean? Like, it would, it would just make a lot of sense. But, yeah, I feel like Thorfinn's going to get hurt again in one way but the question is like how does he handle trauma now Mm. as a young man or a man who's kind of recovering and sees the world a little bit more clearly and like not through this like kind of haze of of revenge like how does he handle himself when things go wrong well look how look how thors did it right like we knew thors as like he was this violent creature on the battlefield until like essentially his brain snapped yeah and he just walked away like he faked his death and he disappeared you know but like at the end like when he had to rise up to the occasion you know as the the beginning of the season kind of came to he had to pick up a weapon again Mm -hmm. to defend his family you know like i can't remember if he wasn't straight up killing guys if he was just knocking them out um i believe he wasn't making killing blows no he wasn't he he was just punching people out and i think he only grabbed a sword to fight Askeladd. Mm. So, you know, like, maybe we'll see something similar with Thorfinn, but, uh, yeah, his his journey with violence isn't completely over. Yeah. Yeah, man, uh, I will say one nitpick, rare nitpick for me on this show. 
Sure. I thought that um, they may have actually overdone it <laughs> this episode with the dramatic piano and strings. <laughs> like they were really landed on thick throughout the episode. Sure. They yeah, yeah. like the soundtrack. I think in general has been like a strong point for this whole season, but it was almost too loud and too much at times. Okay. Um, but I just remember being distracted by it. Like, okay, I get it. Like, it's a soft moment. There's beautiful piano trills. Like, take a take a breather. Um, yeah. All right. So, man, we got Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Episodes one and two, season three. Um, I it just feels good to be back in uh, space, cowboy, not cowboy bebop, but you know what I mean. It just feels good yeah. to be back. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I agree. It was, um, it's funny because like, I, you know, I watched Andor recently. And, uh, I should, I need to watch that. You should. Um, and I'll be honest, it kind of spoiled this a little bit for me. In what way? Well, just because Andor was, it had the look, it had the feel of Star Wars and it had, you know, it, like it, it had the jokes, it had the fan service, it had the references, but it, it kept it tight, you mm. know? Man, I think this is not tight. It's it's pretty loose uh, in in some regards. Yeah, I would agree um, with loose. And I'm actually, <clears throat> you know, I've been talking to Leanna with it for the past like few days, and I feel like I'm going crazy. But I I don't understand their focus on. It's one little thing, and it's probably a huge nitpick. But there's the whole the whole first episode is kind of more or less dedicated to him getting. The Taika Waititi droid up and running. Yeah. And then it's just an... Like, it's almost like the whole focus of the episode. Yeah. And then it's an absolute afterthought in the immediate follow-up. Like, it's like it didn't matter. It was like, well, then why was so much effort and narrative and focus put into it in the previous episode for just to be like, ah, okay, I guess this astromech will cut it on our way. Like, you know, it just... It felt so... And again, I think it's just me. But it mm. felt incredibly disjointed. No, I don't. I actually don't. I don't think you're super off because I, I'm looking at my notes, and in episode one, my notes are basically this episode boils down to objectives. We need to one get a memory circuit board for this droid, and two bathe in the waters on Mandalore. Mm-hmm. And then in episode two, we're like, oh fuck that droid. Let's go to Man. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. we spent at least 10, 15 minutes on that. Of like a not long episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was weird. I mean, maybe it's a pacing problem. Like maybe they didn't want him to leave the planet and like get to Mandalore in episode one. I don't know, but no, I don't disagree. It was there's peculiar. There's cho- maybe yeah. maybe that joy is going to be really important later or something. Um, I don't yeah, know. but like it just it seems like such an emphasis on, and like I'm not saying like them going to Mandalore already is like way too quick, but it's just like. You know, they're like, oh yeah, she was right. Like, it's not cursed. There is no this and that. Like, yeah, it's just it's hard to like. I'm not saying like Din Djarin is like a dummy or whatever, but like I really like the character Bo Katan, right? Yeah. And I have a relationship with her like through the Clone Wars and through Rebels. I think she's has phenomenal lore, like very well written. You know, tremendous voice acting in the show, and then also like you know the roles being you know Katie Sackhoff is playing her in the show as well. Very cool stuff. And, like, it, it's funny, like, I see her getting annoyed with Mando, and I'm like, I feel you, girl. Like, yeah. this guy's kind of a putz, like, you know? And, like, again, she's, like, pouting and this and that, and, you know, she comes to the rescue, and she has, like, her awesome moments there in episode two, but it's just, <clears throat> it feels all, I think the worst parts of Star Wars is, like, okay, we're here now, 
Okay, we're here. Okay, we're here. It's just like they can cut so much in a single episode. It's funny like, ripping across the galaxy. It's it's all too convenient. And like in the episode two, it didn't bother me because like yes, they're in the same system. Like their planets are like right next to each other. It's not impossible for Grogu to get to her quick, kind of thing. But... That did bother me. It's funny. It, I was like, he's still <clears throat> just chilling. Like that Grogu moves like two fucking feet per minute. You know what I mean? And like <laughs> no, he had time no. to get all the way out of there into yeah. his shit you know what i mean like that was that reminded me of like little finger teleporting around in later seasons of game of thrones mm. i was like what now i t- to your point star wars does do that and like they were technically close mm. but even then i was like dude but he's literally like about to be roasted like you don't have time to go run errands like, yeah he's in a thing already. like he already lost like maybe send grogu in the middle of the fight or something you know like i, I just thought that was a peculiar choice uh time space wise but whatever. But uh, it, like it looks good, you know. Like the, the, the when, when it needs when it's when it's dialed up, it looks amazing. You know, like when he gets captured, like completely caught me off guard. I was like, what is this thing? You know, like it was it was very cool. The character design on that little villain thing, like the the jump scare to trap him, um, the character design on that android or cyborg, I guess it would be. Uh, that was really good. And the um, to your point, it looks it looks good when it needs to. Specifically, like the the way they shot those jetpack scenes, yeah, um, for both Bo-Katan and and uh, Din, like you know, falling down that long thing and mm-hmm. boosting. Like I was like, oh, like the lighting, everything looked very very like Premiere TV. Yeah, it's very. And that was the thing, like you know, Andor didn't have like it had massive scale, but like on this level, like where it's like all green screen, like it's not as much set yeah. as it is like. You know the that wraparound, like that three sixty kind of camera screen setup they have there. Uh, but they, I think they made for this show. You were telling me, yeah. Um, but um, I don't know. Like I, I, I do like them. I'm super excited every week to watch it. Um, you know, I, I love Star Wars. Like it, it kick. Like <clears throat> you know, I like I just love Star Wars, right? And we watched the pilot, and Leanne and I immediately jumped into like the the two shows that were like we fell behind on, like the animated ones. The, we watched The Last Jedi, and then, you know, we've been watching... We're catching up on The Bad Badge. And it just... The world is just so good. Dave Filoni is an absolute madman. Like, Go. the stories he's writing on Bad Batch are so good. The set pieces are all-time. Like, the... I don't know. the I, I just genuinely think, and or aside, their animation side of of the world is just miles better. Right really, now. eh? Yeah. I, I love it. Like I said... One day, I'm going to fall down that rabbit hole. <clears throat> You should. I think everyone should. I think you know the some of the best arcs and storylines in any Star Wars medium take place in both Clone Wars and then more so in Rebels. I really, really like Rebels, um, especially like uh, in characters that we're going to see soon, like mm. you know Sab- Sabine Wren and um, uh, I'm liking on the uh, the Jedi's name there, the young guy, but uh, or Ezra Ezra Bridger there. Like we're going to see these characters in like Ahsoka and whatnot. And it's going to be really fun to see them come come to life so interesting hopefully uh hopefully that show is more mandalorian than it is boba fett but we'll, yeah uh, we'll see i think andor is 100 percent gonna be it's its own thing in its own corner but uh just based on the people working on it but uh no i'm i'm enjoying mando was there anything uh of note about that terrifying underwater creature at the end of the episode or was that just like hey it's star wars remember there are big fish no that's like narratively like that's like the um because they they mentioned one of the main like, clans. That's their logo, the Mythosaur. Oh, like, like that famous like you know Boba Fett's logo, like historically, and there's like a Mandalorian logo. Like that's what that 
Because they kind of mentioned like a mythological beast. And I was like, is that it? Yeah. Oh my god. It was so scary. Like, I know lore-wise, like, there's a lot of kind of, of course, you know, like, people arguing. But, like, no one really knows, like, where Beskar comes from on the planet. Oh, okay. So a lot of people have associated, like, the Beskar coming is associated to the Mythosaur in some regard. Like, it's not Hmm. like there's a ton of Mythosaurs. Like, it's so vast, right? Like, there's, like, only one. And they thought it was gone. But, like, it's clearly still alive. So for the fandom and like you know the the bigger universe for like novels and shows and this like this is like a huge deal that it's it's there okay um and you know because there's also the legends of you know like the whole thing of go bask in the living waters and that's how you can kind of redeem yourself but like there's also like a legend of you know like the original one of the original rulers of mandalore kind of controlled the mythosaur and that's Mm. how they got their power and there's a legend that someone will return and once again claim the Mythosaur as their own and get know, them then. So, like, you know, it's really pointing. I, I think this, they have a really good opportunity to give Bo Katan a little more light. Sure. Um, I, I think her being here so early and not in and out like she has been, I I think she's going to be like a huge plot point of, of this season. More, I don't think she's going to be a big character like before. I think she does well on screen. Um, oh, that fight so scene good. was killer. I mean, it yeah. helps probably was she had her helmet on the whole time and all that but it, i don't know man that fight scene was good it's it's really cool too because you have the moment of her like you know like that one moment the two of them like the when they're making their way to the waters and you can see how like because that's the thing too like <laughs> the people that only watch you know the mandalorian and like aren't, aren't super invested in like the animated stuff is like who he comes from like they're zealous but like what his like his group came from like a terrorist organization like, they're mm. an offshoot of that, and, like, they were extreme zealots, and, like, they kind of ruined everything. <laughs> oh, really? Everyone. And, like, you know, they're the ones that couldn't let go, like, the fighting and, like, the kind of, like, the war tribing and whatnot, and Bo-Katan and her people, like, and, you know, like, she's not perfect by any means, she's made, like, she's not completely innocent, but, like, she was truly trying to, like, we need to stop the inner fighting, and so, again, like, Din and, like, to see her annoyance of him trying to, like, no, like, I need to redeem myself, I need to do all this, like, I, you can see, like, how annoyed she is of, like, you're doing all this for, like, a group of people that are, like, a sect of, like, these, like, truly, truly heinous, like, Mandalorians, so it's, it, it's funny to see her, I think that's, like, for the deep cut for the fans, but. Yeah, I didn't know about that. It, it's, it's just so funny, like, she's so annoyed by him. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, book stand, worth a read-up, worth a wiki read. For I'll sure. take a look. Um, hopefully we get to see more of her this, uh, this season. Okay, let's, let's talk a bit of news, um, because mm. c- we did miss, like, a, a week, so there are, there is some news we gotta talk about, and then after that, this is a, like I said, a special edition of the post-show, we're gonna talk about, uh, Demon Slayer, season three, my experience season, seeing that first hour in, in the theaters. Um, so maybe first up on news, Demon Slayer season three, speaking of which, is coming April 9th, that's a big thing. Um, did we talk about Last of Us hitting 8.2 million? No, it officially, like, it broke its own record with the finale, yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. Well, you know what else is coming April 9th is, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Season 2. Yeah, dude. So is this just, like, the second core? See, I thought it was a core, but, like, all the all the marketing I've seen has said season, so... But didn't it only finish, like, two months ago? Yeah, like, it, like it feels like an absolute handoff. Like, it feels like a core think situation like 86 but they're calling it a season two so i don't know interesting but, yeah it's it's picking up right where it, it left off 
I do think you should catch up just like a little bit. <laughs> just I want you to see that scene. I want you to have context. The problem the is you, you want you know, that's the thing. You want me to see yeah. the last scene from the last yeah. episode. Um Okay. Uh Crunchyroll Awards, anime awards. This this could be big news, but we we don't really cover these. Um No, we don't. Because here's what I th- we could give more attention to this, but if you're a huge anime fan and you're listening to this, tell us. Like do you care about the Crunchyroll Awards cuz everywhere I go people don't seem to love them. Like, there's, like, a lot of... It seems like the community doesn't put a lot of stock in them. Does that make sense? Well, I think, you know, and, like, again, this might be blasphemous, but I do think a lot of the voting body, there's a little bit of bias, like, bias built into it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what what is nominated and, like, what, you know, what gets the uh, the votes and all that. Like, it, it's not, like, a, a truly user-generated one. Like, you see, like, the... You know, if you're going to my anime list, or, like, there's other... Like, I think... Uh, what I usually look for is, like, the Reddit... Yeah. ...anime awards at the end of the year. Like that, Those are so legit. That seems to be more... Kind of with the people. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know? Like, you know, the... the You know, like, the true underdogs. The, the true underdogs of the season, you tend to see those getting their shine in those awards where, like... You know, there's none of that. If you look at the... Like, here, you know, if we look at the Crunchyroll Awards... There's maybe five different shows that won. That's it. Yeah, everything is pretty heavily dominated mm-hmm. by you know Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, Spy Family. Those the are probably only, the biggest ones. The only outlier is Kaguya-sama, and it won in Best Romance. Like there wasn't really much to compete yeah. with that. Like that was its own. Everything else is kind of, you know, it, it honestly feels like a vacuum awards. Yeah. You know? Like it's, it's Cyberpunk, that was a big deal. I think that very well deserved. Licorice Recoil, Best Original Anime. But the other stuff is like best new spirit series by a family. Like, duh. Yeah, it's like. You know? <laughs> um, actually, yeah. let me see. Who is? Were they up against Bachi the Rock? There? No, they weren't even no. nominated. Call of the Night was nominated. Interesting. Dress up, darling. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I I like the choices for best original anime going to Licorice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad that uh, Cyberpunk got some love. How on earth did they nominate Vampire in the Garden for Best Original? See what I mean? What are you doing? That's absurd. But whatever. Um, that was the Crunchyroll Awards. Um, maybe on the we can look to the other the live action side. Um, John Barenthal is going to return as the Punisher um, in the new Daredevil series coming to Disney Plus. <sighs> I don't Disney know. Disney does not have the cojones. To do what they need to do with John Bernthal in that role. Or Murdoch. Like, I just, I have a feeling we're going to get a very watered-down version of both characters um, compared to what we saw, but who knows? Love to be proven wrong. And this rounds out kind of the Disney news is uh, the Star Wars movie with Kevin Feige and Patty Jenkins has been shelved. Um, Which means, Grant, there are zero Star Wars movies currently in production. See, I've read that as well, but like, Damon Lindelof still has one in the pipe. And like, yeah, that's but not. It's weird that apparently like, you know, that hasn't been corrected. So. so yeah, but apparently so does Taika Waititi. But like, I think it, they mean like they're in development. Like they're not. No one's filming anything. There's no. Oh, I see. What you, think. you know what I mean? Like I think Taika Waititi. Like it's all still sitting in a think tank. Like what do you want to do? And then the studio says yes. Okay, here you go. Hmm. But I think they just have development deals. Like Taika Waititi allegedly wants to star in his own movie now. Well, he's in everything he does. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um. Yeah, over to you. So, uh, Barry, uh, HBO's uh, Barry, will end with season four. I think that was recently announced, but now yeah. it's fully fully official. 
Um, to Your Eternity Season 3 officially announced with a very interesting key art. Uh, I don't know if you caught that. I did. I, that I did. A bit of a spoiler key art, but that's okay. I didn't know until after I sent it, so I, I apologize. Oh, no, I'm not mad at you. I mean, they put it out. I was I was going to yeah. see it. <clears throat> but um, we got to catch up on that. People are really digging how the season ended. Ugh, we'll so, see. I know. We will see. Uh, Dr. Stone Season 3 is coming back April 6th. Check it every Thursday. We'll be watching more Dr. Stone. So excited! Yeah, I gotta, I gotta. I never watched that one-hour special. Oh, you should, Dave. It's so good. And you were, yeah. See, I knew if I mentioned it, you'd get all perked up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Oscars? Do you check them? Yeah, we actually, you know, not because like I, not because I'm this huge fan of the Oscars, but like we were just doing nothing on a Sunday night, and it was was on, and I we actually watched them live. And when I say watch them live, I mean, like, we DVR'd them and, like, zoomed past the commercials. Because, my God, dude, have you watched cable lately? Holy okay, hell. Okay, so Corinne watched them with us, right? Okay. And, uh, she, you know, she, she's a, a child of her generation. Like, there's no cable, right? Like, we have it. We use it for, like, mo- like moments like this, right? Yeah. And uh, you should have seen her brain try to figure out what was going on every time there was a commercial. <laughs> like, she could not. She's like, what is this? Like, what? Uh, again? She's like, there was one like 10 minutes ago. I'm like, that is the way it used to be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously huge winners. Everything ever. Well, one's kind of, you know, destroyed. The Daniels. The Daniels. Good for them. So happy to see it. And um, all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. I'm probably going to watch that. Oh, I think we have to now. Yeah. I think tonight that's going to be after all this. You're not watching it tonight. Are you serious? Yeah, baby. I'm second on holidays, dude. I'm for sure watching a, a German movie late. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> A German World War One movie. Yeah, like how <laughs> did lost. how did that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, but in like so in, in in lighter I guess in better news for the Oscars, the ratings were up by twelve percent this year, twelve uh, percent more viewership. Um, and I think last year was not the all time biggest drop, but there was a but it's quite been a big drop from the previous year, which what I think was the worst. One. It has been declining every year um, yeah. for the last several years. Being up is a big deal. Um, and uh, obviously yeah, a lot of that is people checking in, hoping to see, um, more violence, more violence, but, uh, yeah, none of that. Jimmy Kimmel he, he did a great job hosting. I think he's a phenomenal host. They should give it to him every year. I think decent. I thought, um, his best, his strongest part was ironically his bits on last year and like yeah. kind of being self-aware mm. and making like, I'm glad he didn't brush over it. You know what I mean? Um, I thought that that was actually pretty good. I'm trying to and, think. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, so I think I think that's pretty much it. Um, I know there's some talk about Quentin Tarantino's last movie. I'm not super on the up and up on that. Do you want to fill me in? Yeah, okay, well, okay, two quick ones. Um, one, and I have to tell you this, because you know that my favorite band, and I kind of just realized they are my mm. favorite band. Word. You know, like, you grow up and you're in, like, don't you get tired of what's your favorite X question? Sure. Like, uh, oh, you have an anime yeah. podcast? What's your What's the best anime? It's like, dude, leave me alone. I've, I have kids. I get asked what's my favorite thing at least once a day. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, you can't tell. You can't just tell them to buzz off. No, never. Oh, okay. Well, they love that. Noted. Um, but you know what I mean. Like, I think you lose track of these things easily. But Manchester Orchestra just put out mm-hmm. this like fil- short film slash mini album of six, um, six songs, and I saw Andy Hall, the singer, tweeting about the Oscars. And he was really cheering for the Daniels. And I was like, why the hell does he care so much? Mm-hmm. Were you aware of this connection? 
Swiss Army Man. The, uh, Swiss Army Man, and they directed some of their earlier music videos. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I know he did the music uh, for, for that movie, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good soundtrack. Have you ever yeah. seen that movie? No, I told Sam. I was like, you know, I, I, I'm well aware of it. Um, I know that it's supposed to be good. I just never got around to it. And now with this happening and... You know, their success. I never saw the movie, but I loved the soundtrack. <laughs> that is the most grand thing ever yeah. to have ever been said. Never yeah. saw the movie, loved the soundtrack. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most grand thing of all time. Um, okay, I'll round, round it out here. Uh, this is breaking news, like within the last couple hours. Quentin Tarantino, it's Hollywood Reporter, so it's probably accurate, is set well. to potentially begin filming his last movie uh, as soon as fall this year. And some, some details have leaked. It seems like it's going to be called The Film Critic. Um, oh. And it might be about a very influential film critic in 1970s Los Angeles. Probably someone he grew up reading or something like that. It may actually be based on a real person. Hmm. Um, that are, those are the details that we have now. Interesting. Good I know. Good to know. Okay. We've arrived. We are here. Um, okay. So t- we're going to talk about Demon Slayer Season 3. I'm not really going to spoil anything. Um, I'm just going to tell you what... The experience was like Grant was supposed to come, but he was already sick. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, if you're new to this and unaware, what happened was um, the Demon Slayer people did this global limited theater run of the last couple episodes of season two of Demon Slayer. The last two episodes, I think. It's like the yeah, it's the exactly the last two episodes. So it's the big fight with Tengen and killing the guitar. Gyutaro killing the upper rank demon and then like they did the whole like the last episode of the season which is more of like a prologue yeah it's like a epilogue Jeez. a cool down yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> I think I'm not alone in some of my complaints like I'll just start with that half is like they did not need they literally played it as though it was on a streaming service like yeah like, like no they, editing no like nothing editing, pushing them together no like you know fluid cuts from one of the like did it do like op yeah like for each episode yeah op and, and credits wow for each episode. it was pretty so stupid uh, it was very lazy <laughs> um so yeah you had the full theme song you and dude they even recapped like they even showed you the recaps like you know how season like episode 11 oh. ends like this so then they show you like the first 90 seconds of episode 12 is the last 90 seconds of episode 11 it's like dude we saw that four minutes ago so that was a little ridiculous. Um, I was just like, why? Like, it would be so easy to just fix it, but whatever. That, that was a peculiar choice. Um, the season three premiere is about an hour. It's probably closer to like 45, 40 minutes, 45, mm. um, in terms of actual play. And my review on it, I think, is that it's good. Um, sure. It looks fantastic. They have probably one of their better cg like environment scenes in the entire show and in the premiere like they there's a sequence that is breathtaking it's really it is genuinely that good it's clearly the bath scene right the what it's yeah yeah the bath scene um there's a really good compilation i saw on sorry to derail you no no i'm just like all the parents that took their kids to go see also like the combination of like parents have no details on what they're seeing the kids not (laughs) being on the internet 
to explain to their parents that, like, this isn't, like, a unique... Or the kids don't understand that, like, this isn't a movie. It is the recap or, like, two episodes and then, like, the first episode. Oh, And it's just right. a compilation of, like, parents of, like, whoa, like, what are we watching? Yeah. <laughs> it's, kind of, like, pretty, it's pretty funny. You, you know how I feel about, like, fan service and all yeah, that? Yeah. I will say, like, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I not, not I get it as in I like it. I get it sure. as in, like... She's the love Hashira. Like, I get... This is the medium that we're watching. This is the medium. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't love the choice, um, but, like, it's fleeting, and hopefully that's not every scene with this character. Um, but, yeah, like, in terms of animation quality, nothing is lost. They nail even some of the humor. I was like, oh, right, I forgot Demon Slayer is, like, funny sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah. The Like, it just felt good to have new stuff, new jokes... Mm. um to laugh at i think if i have one overwhelming sense of anything and this i think is maybe will be the surprise is that i think the pace of the show is about to increase maybe substantially Hmm. um they show some reveals or like in this premiere that i was not expecting to see happen this early um if you've been consuming the promo content i think i told you about it on this podcast it's like they did a they did a promo content literally revealing all of the upper moons and their voice actors and all that. So you can probably assume that that's somehow involved, right? Mm. So they reveal quite a bit. Um, it's funny. I, I came away with more questions, though. Like, they, they cut it at a good point. Um, okay. So, like, there's going to be a lot to sort out in this season. And, like, I'm just wondering how does shit hit the fan? How long is it going to be? I don't know. I'm very, very excited. Um, I'm, I yeah. am too I was doing like you know obviously I was doing my best to stay away from spoilers on uh, the day that you went to go see it but I, I was reading into like you know some of the content creators that I like you know, you know in, in the anime space and a lot of people are very excited for this arc specifically like I guess like as a whole you know people love Demon Slayer and yeah. the Entertainment District arc was like quite popular but I guess there's something about this arc that you know I think it more like it, it has it does a really good job at standing out amongst the rest the whole series as a whole, um, and I think in, it's in regards to action surprisingly enough uh, or not surprisingly enough. Yeah. So I I am curious to see like where all that smoke is for for this, and it doesn't feel like a, a My Hero Academia situation where everyone's like no, no no like this is the one we've been waiting for this is the one yeah. this is the one this is like people are just like oh this is the one like you know or if not the one it's it's one of the first like really good ones so. But uh, we don't have much Demon Slayer left, though, in the grand scheme. No, dude. Like I said, like, it, like, I don't know. Like, at the pace that they're going, like, there might only be two or three more of these things. Yeah. Is the vibe that I'm kind of getting. That's fine. And, no, I, you know you know me, I always prefer something, you know, short and sweet rather than, than drawn out. Um, God, yeah, I'm excited for you to see this so we can talk about some stuff. There's some yeah. cool stuff. Good crap. Not as packed, not as I thought, to be honest, about half half full, maybe, three quarters. Really? Yeah. yeah, three quarters full, and, um, like, again, it was fun to go there, but I think I t- we talked offline about this a little bit. It was weird. It did feel a little, like... Cash grabby. Yeah, and I get, like, I'm not, I'm not out here to accuse studios of that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not angry that they're trying to maximize their profits i i understand how things work um but the ex like if if this was the point and if if you knew you were kind of just squeezing a little more blood out of the stone i think you probably could have done a little bit a little bit more by the audience specifically the first half 
I think people would have paid to see the first hour of season three anyway. Um, but I think they could have optimized the ending of season two. They could have just done something a little bit more creative. This felt like kind of like a cut, copy, paste, slap it on the Bristol board. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's like what they did with Mugen Train. I don't think that's the thing too. Like when this all came out, the first thing I thought back to was when Mugen Train came out on a Crunchyroll, and yeah. people like they were like, "Oh, like there's going to be like new scenes," and like there was like one episode that was like new, and it was like a lead in to Mugen yeah. Train itself. But, like, even then, like, it was cut at, like, weird points. Like, there yeah. was a couple, like, endings of some of the episodes that people, like, weren't super into. See, in my head, I justified that. I was like, oh, well, they had, like, the studio was busy doing Mugen Train. Now they need to, like, get that time back and give themselves more time for S3 or S2. So, like, mm-hmm. fine. Um, they already had this in the can. Fine, that's fine. But, like, this is not that. You know what I mean? This is just, like, it's clearly already ready. But put it in theaters a month ahead of time. You know, so people could pay admission and then like literally repackage the end of S2 that that part felt legit lazy mm. so I was a little irked by that but very it's happy because it's such yeah. it's such an epic ending and it would have been so nice to see it on like was it even like ratioed correctly on the screen or oh yeah did it, it, did it feel off no no it, it did look fantastic I, I should mention that it did look fantastic and it was amazing seeing it on the big screen. I was very, very happy to have been in an environment like that um, and to get a chance to see it on the big screen and feel how epic the soundtrack was. The soundtrack in season two, you can easily forget how good it was. Um, but when you're when it's booming in a theater, blowing out your eardrums, and, and even in season three, like the, the score, they, they've done some good work. I was happy with the content. I was just a little bit miffed by like, one, it was very short in terms of new content, which I knew going in. Sure. But two, it was, yeah, it, it was a little lazily packaged. But, you know, nitpicks, right? Nitpicks. We're going to cover season three. We're very excited for it. Sweet. I think that wraps up this episode. Yeah, I think so. Um, after Grant and I hit stop on this one, we're going to record our Attack on Tower. <laughs> Attack on Tower. Attack on Titan uh, <laughs> one hour, the special. We're going to do the review, and that's going to drop, you know, two, three days after this podcast does. Very excited. Um, so we're very excited to talk about Attack on Titan. So we're going to cut it short here. We're going to say thank you to the comic book shop on Bang Street for your continued support. Shout out. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, if I haven't chastised you in the introduction, um, which is past Dave for you, but future Dave for me, um, follow the podcast on Instagram at Part Time Otaku Podcast. Follow slash subscribe to us on Spotify. Rate us there if you'd like. You can do the same on iTunes if you're a weird person and listening to us on Apple Music. Um, But I think that's probably it. Grant, you may say the thing. Bye, guys. Cheers.